0: Good morning, I'm Amanda Strombaum also on the Among team. We welcome you to East Shore Unitarian Church. Whether you're visiting for the first time or joining us for your tenth time or your thousandth time, everyone is welcome here. As some of you may know, our congregation has chosen to participate in the Beloved Conversations Among program this year. Beloved Conversations is a program for Unitarian Universalists seeking to embody racial justice as a spiritual practice. In Beloved Conversations, we learn how to heal the impact of racism on our lives in order to get free together. In the past two years, 75 members of our congregation have participated in the within program, phase of this program which focused on the individual personal work we each need to do related to race and racism. This year, some of us will be leading our congregation in the second phase of this program called Among, which is focused on the institutional systemic change that's needed in our congregations in order to stop the harm caused by people caused to people of color and other marginalized groups By our structures and systems and move our congregation closer to radical inclusion, racial justice and ultimately a beloved community. The goal of today's service is to introduce you to members of the team, to help you prepare for change and to commission the team to figure out what changes are needed and how best to implement them. There are 16 members on the Among team, plus our membership development director, Nicole, and our assigned coach from another congregation, Janine
1: Gelsinger, who has joined us here today. Good morning. My name is Janine Gelsinger. I use she, her pronouns and I am so honored to join you from Meadville Lombard Theological School, where I work on the Beloved Conversations team, on the curriculum design team for both the Within and Among curriculum. And I'm so grateful to be the coach for East Shore's Beloved Conversations Among team. As your congregation participates in Among, members of the Among team will be taking time to look closely and honestly at the systems in the congregation, the way you do things, the policies and procedures you have, the outcomes of your various ministries. And they'll be considering ways that those systems might need to shift and change in order to be closer in line with your shared values, justice, equity, and inclusion. Your among team will work to translate your religious commitments into tangible actions. Unitarian Universalist communities living into our shared values have the potential to be spaces of liberation and spiritual transformation for so many people. The work of transformation, personal, communal, and systemic, it's spiritual work. And our work for racial justice is also the work of faith formation. When we engage in systemic change work, We're engaging creativity at its most visionary, literally working to imagine ways of living together and being together that have never existed. The work of liberation, the work of anti-racism and the eradication of white supremacy in ourselves and in our systems, it is the day to day creation of the beloved community as imagined by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. And it's a project well-suited for faith communities ready to practice new ways of being in relationship and being human together. Now, it's appropriate that this Beloved Conversations Among Team commissioning service falls on the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Because when we talk about MLK's definition of beloved community, where there is no us and no them, but a we that includes us all, this phrase is commonly misunderstood it doesn't refer to a world where everyone is the same. No, to Martin Luther King, beloved community was not a world free from conflict or from difference, but a place where all of humanity is in right relationship, where we respond to difference with compassion and curiosity, where when conflict arises, we seek to repair harm and restore trust. Or we lean into our discomfort in order to deepen relationships and transform. To put it in UU terms, beloved community has no members or non-members. It's all the world in covenant with each other, working through our struggles by leading with love. I'm so pleased to be joined by some members of your Among team and to ask them to tell you a little more about why they got involved in beloved conversations among, so Carrie and Sue, would you tell us a little bit more about what called to you, what touched you in order to commit yourselves to this work?
2: Good morning, everyone Hi, sue <laughs> hi Carrie um well, probably one of the most important reasons that I'm on the Among team stems from my desire to learn how to center people of color. Mm-hmm. What does that mean and how can I do it? Something I took away from Beloved Conversations, which did include three sessions before Among, I'm a slow learner. And what I took away is the notion that I might be wrong. What I think is true, the way things are, might not be universally true. In fact, most likely not universally true. (laughs) Tough lesson. This is closely tied to my struggle for perfectionism over 60 plus years of my life. And is captured perfectly by my perfect, wonderful, beloved brother-in-law when he says frequently in a family dominated by women. After being soundly put in his place, I was so certain. How could I be wrong? Well, I've been a, I've been wrong a lot at East Shore. Sue, I don't know about you, but. <laughs> At the same time, I've been quite certain, especially when I've tried to support people of color and other marginalized folks in our community. I think I know exactly what to do and how to do it, yet my actions have caused further pain. I know this because I check in with my friends who left East Shore who are people of color. One of my friends said recently, Well, you didn't ask me what I needed, did you? Yeah. How about you, Sue? Oh, boy, that that
3: speaks right to the heart of what's probably had the most impact for me from the series of uh, Beloved Conversations to date. And I don't know if you remember, there was a video in the last program of a young Latinx woman in the Southwest who wanted to organize people in her community to stage some kind of protest or some kind of action. And um members of a local church it may have been a Unitarian church approached her and said, oh, yeah, hey, we'd like to be involved and, you know, calling us. And you know. And uh, I was astounded by her response to them. Uh, <laughs> it was very humbling. Um She said, really, what we need, this is the Latinx person speaking, really what we need is help with our children. Could you watch our children? We need to be out on the street. It needs to be our voices that are uh, talking with media and parading and organizing, we need help wow. with kids. And you know, I I I have to say, as I reflected on that, I thought, well, wait a minute. You know, I'm, I'm I could come in and I, I got some ideas of what we could do and how we could do it and who would be, you know. And I realized I was not listening, just like you said, Carrie. Of what are we being asked to help with? What is the need that's being expressed? as opposed to what we think might be a good plan not that that might not have some benefits but to listen first to the folks who are living this racially charged experience every day that are out there without being able to step away from it to give them the voice um, that feels uh you know as i say it's it's humbling but it's so freeing in a way to to see the importance of that. At least that's my, that's something that's come to me recently from class and I look forward to seeing how that works in this among program.
2: Does that resonate with you, Carrie? Yeah. And I, I want to express gratitude to you, Sue, for the conversation that we've shared here and also mm-hmm. over a number of months. I want to express gratitude to the among team for providing a place where I can make mistakes and learn and practice messing up. I'm just extremely grateful. And that that's probably the overwhelming sense I have about this process. I'm I,
3: I I agree, Carrie. And uh, I, I, what I, what thrills me as well is talking with you and the among team. Is the uh, uh, gratitude I have to East Shore for supporting this program within ourselves, doing this work within a spiritual community has special, uh, you know, heartfelt um, power for me. So thank you, East Shore. <laughs>
2: yep.
3: Thank you. Bye, Carrie.
1: <laughs> Bye. For <now. laughs> Yes, thank you, East Shore, And thank you, Carrie and Sue. Now I want to turn to Maury and Louise and I want us to do a little bit of visioning, you know, an East shore grounded in our UU values of anti-racism, equity and inclusion. When you imagine that, what comes up for you two?
4: Wow. I sure was resonating with what Sue and Carrie said. um, And that idea of just coming together and being able to make mistakes and so forth. I want to, talk a little bit about what my vision is, which is so much about relationships. Uh, back around 2015, I started facilitating conversations about race, and I invited Jose Garcia, who was a member then from, originally from Bolivia, to co-facilitate, and we did it before church, uh, about 8.30, and so I'd roar in at 8 o'clock, um, trying to get set up, and then Jose would come in, and I'd yell, hi Jose, um, I'm doing the coffee, can you check the chairs? And he'd come up to me and he would give me a big hug and say, good morning, Louise. How are you? And he must have done that three times before I got it. When I came to East Shore, I was committed to anti-oppression work and I felt all of this urgency about educating white people. And I thought I was doing what my friends of color wanted me to do by changing white people. But then I started learning from them and I'm hearing this from Carrie and Sue too, that what they wanted wasn't necessarily what I thought was necessary, and uh, what they needed was relationship, to be connected, to be seen, um, you know, to be cared about, uh, and not, not me running around trying to educate all the white people. And then I got involved with nonviolent communications and right relations, and I realized that this is work of the heart, not the head. head the head's in there, but mostly the heart. And so I stopped educating people, and I went inside and looked at my own heart. And I saw that I still had big biases around people of color. I saw that I had hardness (laughs) in my heart. I had judgments about people who didn't see the racism that I saw. And I was participating in a culture of judgment and and fear and grudges. And then I watched my friends of color leave the church, um, alienated by by our culture so I've been working really hard on my own heart trying to um, explore my biases and judgments and hurts and make different decisions respond to respond differently and beloved conversations has so has sure taught me and I'm so grateful um, that developing the capacity for painful awareness and for vulnerability and for caring, is our spiritual journey, and it's one that we need to do together. And that Beloved Conversations is about stumbling and making mistakes and, and being hurt and hurting others and making amends and forgiving and all the time learning and learning together. So my vision of a community is one that has the trust and courage to do this self-examination together. To um, root out our biases and our fears and our attachments and choose to create a culture where we can see and love each other and a culture that um, invites, embraces, welcomes, loves the people of color and other marginalized people that have been alienated by our fear. So I see a community relishing these challenges and thriving in their richness and vitality. Thanks. How about you, Maury?
5: Thank you, Louise. That was so insightful. Someone once told me that uh, church is where we grow our hearts, and covenant is how we grow our hearts. Um, and in my mind, covenant. Uh the end result of good covenanting is beloved conversations uh, sorry, beloved community um, covenant isn't when things are going peachy and everything's smooth it 's when the things are kind of rough and and there's there's conflict and where accountability is brought into question and and uh it's owned uh owned by each for accountability to be functioning we all have to be responsible for our own our own choices our own impacts and the impact we have on others we all need to do the hard work of looking inside to identify what happened what our part in that was and to make the changes that'll stop the harm from happening so you're saying I choose you I want to be in relationship with you and there's no disposable people there's no throwaways now my vision of beloved community um, is uh, I imagined a, a Sunday at East Shore and everyone is there together oh boy wouldn't that be nice and we're There's so much joy in seeing each other. The most staid, the most conservative, the most introspective are all animated by that joy of being together. And even the most mundane song from our hymnal is sung. And it doesn't matter because we're all singing it together. (sighs) And it doesn't stop there. It it grows from there. It isn't just the singing of a song. It's the teaching of our children. It's the working of our grounds. It's the finding equity marginalized, as Louise and Sue and Carrie have so eloquently pointed out. So the joy of doing this together, not the spring joy of rose-colored glasses, but the mature, life-filling joy of covenantal relationship built through the hard work of conflict resolution and being accountable to one another this is what i yearn for and when i think about this it it fills my heart